Thank you, Blake. We had a bit of an overview last week, given the, uh, the Super Bowl Sunday. I didn't know how many people we'd have here. And I don't want to sound like Glinda the Good Witch from the North, but uh, we might as well begin at the beginning. Uh, why is there a hell? How did hell come into being? Uh, so that's what we're going to study. But we're going to look at two different uh, sections of Scripture. One... So you'll have to mark, because we'll go back and forth, I'm sure. One is Ezekiel 28, 14 through 16. The other is going to be in Isaiah 14, 9 through 14. And these scriptures, every once in a while, there's a simul- in the Bible, there is a simultaneous uh, meaning They'll be talking about a physical person, as these scriptures will. And then they will switch their analogy to a spiritual person, in this case, uh, Lucifer or Satan. A couple of the takeaways here is the fall of Satan. Because you, I was amazed, I didn't realize that he was, first thing, he was a created being. We tend to think in terms of, God as a superpower and, and Satan as a superpower. That's not the way it is. Satan is not a counter or a uh, equal to God. He is a created being. If you wanted to compare two things, it'd be more like Satan versus Michael or Satan versus Gabriel. But the language of the, of the Scripture has to do with two very proud kings. One is the king of Babylon... And I don't know if this is, uh, I frankly don't know if it was Nebuchadnezzar, or it might be Belshazzar. And I warned you last week, I'm not going to pull any punches when it comes to language. Uh, some of this language is what uh, our children would describe as just flat gross. But it talks about the depths that these proud kings have sunk. Um, so let's look at. Another, another takeaway I want to get is the, uh, that Satan, unbelievable as it is, revolted against God. Now, that's breathtaking that anyone would be foolhardy enough to revolt against God. But you've got to bear in mind, Satan convinced one-third of the angels to join him in his rebellion. So you're talking about a master deceiver, Okay. If you can convince one-third of the angels to rebel, and some commentators would say that there's Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. And Lucifer means uh, angel of light. Bearer of uh, light, bearer. And his beauty is described... Let's do this. Let's look at Ezekiel 28 and 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. Say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. This is what led to his downfall, his beauty. 
Thou hast been in Eden. Now the king of Tyrus was not in Eden. Satan was. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, sapphire, the emerald, carbuncle, I can barely say that word, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee the day thou was created. He was almost a walking musical instrument. He was the leader of the he was the worship leader of the heavenly host. He was a cherub. You've seen Indiana Jones with the cherubim, the outstretched wings. Those are guardians of the glory of God. He was the guardian of the glory of God. Talk about the highest of the high. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Covereth what? Covereth, covereth God. Covered God. Covers the righteousness of God. And I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. You're, you're, it's the highest of the high. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. That's in heaven. Thou wast perfect in thy ways, and from the day thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Now skip down to 17. Then thy, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. He's going to cast him out of heaven and cast him to the earth. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. And they're going to say, well, you were the, you were the top. You were the top one. You, you, you had the best. And this is going to be part of his humiliation. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities. By the iniquity of thy traffic, therefore will I bring a fire from the midst of thee. The fire is his pride. It burns inside him. It shall devour thee. His own pride is what consumes him. And I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror and shalt shalt thou be never shalt thou be anymore that's the end of Satan and the result of his pride that's the king of Tyre now let's take a look at uh, how the king of uh, Babylon and the physical king is used to, for us to relate to how far down they've come because these kings were tyrants they were cruel they ruled with an iron fist nobody could conquer them they took such pride in they they almost elevated themselves up to be gods in fact that Nebuchadnezzar thought he was a god I believe at one time in Isaiah Let's go all the way back to 9. 
Isaiah 14, verse 9. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. They're excited you're on your way, pal. The ones that you ruled over, they can't wait for you to get here. That's what that's saying. It stirreth up the dead for thee. And they're going to have a welcoming party for you. You thought you were a tough guy then? Well, they're waiting for you. Okay? Is that sobering or what? Even all the chief ones in the earth, all the kings that you brought down, it hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. So these are the ones that you're going up against. And it, you can see, you can just almost feel like, you know, when you're really sick or something like that, you don't have any strength in your joints and you're just, that's, that's what is likened to the, the, the king of Babylon. He doesn't have a chance against these other guys that are waiting for him. All they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also as weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? This is this proud monarch. And he's brought low among the very ones that he exalted himself over. Now they're ridiculing him. You're, you're down here with us. You, the one that was so proud, you, the one that was so strong, couldn't be conquered. Now here you are. Now it gets worse. Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials, and the worm shall spread under thee, and the worm shall cover thee. I told you it was going to get gross. What's that saying? You didn't even get a decent burial. Now, one thing that kings like to do, they like to construct a monument to themselves. Every president, when he gets into his second term or whatever, starts his library, you know. He wants to be remembered, and, the, and that, that hasn't changed over the years. They want to be remembered for something. You're not even going to have a tombstone, is what this is saying. Now, it switches, but you, you get the physical idea of the physical reprehensible state that this mortal uh, king of Babylon, whether it was Belshazzar or Nebuchadnezzar, I'm not sure. Now you're going to switch to Satan. And this is God talking very sarcastically. How thou art fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend. Now listen to the I wills here. This is what got him. This is what got him thrown out of heaven. Listen to the number of I wills. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. The stars of God are often used as a... Uh, 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 analogy to angels. So he's going to exalt himself over all the angels. He's going to be the chief angel. Maybe not equal to God, but, but he's going to be over all the angels. I will sit also on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Well, let me see. Salvation does not come from the east or the west or the south. 
that would mean that salvation comes from the north in Psalm 78, right? So whose side is the north? God's side. I will sit also upon the mountain of the congregation in the side of the north. That's, on, that's where God sits. It's not your seat. I will send above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought... Now, he didn't say this. Satan didn't say this. This is God knowing what he was thinking. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and say, consider saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the kingdoms? This is Satan now. This is this. That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that openeth not the house of the prisoners. All the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie down in glory, every one of them. Now we're switching back to the physical. Everybody's got a monument. Everybody's got a big, big uh, monument to, to be buried in. But you, but you are cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch. And as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with the sword that go down to the stones of the pit as a carcass trodden under feet. Thou shalt not be joined with them in burial, because thou hast destroyed thy land and slain thy people. The seed of the evildoers shall never be renowned. So in other words, you have gone down this far, you don't even get a monument. Those are the two important passages that relate to how Satan went from being the son of morning, a cherub, a guardian of the glory of God, all the way down to, and it, and it gives a physical reference to how low uh, he really sinks. Now bear in mind, Sarah, Satan was a created being. Evil doesn't come from God. Satan was created. He was created gloriously. He had more glory than any other created angel. But it was his very... He was captain of the cherub host. He was, he was captain of the cherubim. This is like your chief bodyguard turning on you. So know his character. He's a traitor extraordinaire. He had it all. He had the top. He had more than anyone. He was vain about his beauty, about his position, and his heart was turned against God. He, wanted, he wasn't satisfied with what he had. He wanted to be God. So his fall is the result of his pride. And apparently, when God threw him out of heaven, he came down to this world. And he's been trying to exert his influence ever since in this world. If he can't defeat God himself on the heavenly plane, which he can't, he tried, he lost, he's going to defeat or cause to go to hell the ones that God loves the most. That's us. He's going to cause God and Christ as much pain as he possibly can. 
And one of the things I get about that is he is vicious. He is tenacious. He will not stop until the final judgment when he is cast into the, uh, to the pit. He devotes himself to opposing the work of God in everything and every way he can. Why was hell created? For Satan and his angels. It wasn't created for us. Chris said this morning, God doesn't want us. Read from Ephesians. God does not want us in hell. Hell was not created for us. Hell was created for Lucifer, who became Satan. He was Lucifer when he was the, uh, uh, the son of mourning. I mean, he even has some of the characteristics of the Lord himself. Light. That's why Satan can, can, can appear as an angel of light. He had those characteristics. I don't know of too many that were a walking musical instrument. I mean, he was, he was the most beautiful he could, uh, of all. But it was, he wasn't content with that. The cherub is symbolic of God's presence. Um, he guards it. He's the chief guard of uh, God's righteousness, God's holiness. God's unapproachable majesty. The anointed cherub covers. Uh, the cherubim, remember Indiana Jones, they covered the mercy seat with their wings. That was a pretty accurate uh, representation of what the Ark of the Covenant looked like. Those wings, and, and God dwelt between the cherubim. So his job was to guard the very throne of God. His position was to protect the holiness of God. He had the highest position of anyone, but it wasn't enough. His own beauty, his own high position, that's what brought him down. And as we said last week, it's important to know something about the character of of Satan because you'll get a pretty good idea of how he will attack. And Satan attacks with pride. If a church has problems, pride is inevitably at the heart of the problem every time. Why did he rebel? He didn't want to. He, he he just didn't want. He didn't like God's order of things. He wanted to be God himself. He wanted his order. It's amazing for us to to read these two sections of Scripture, and I hope you'll read them again. But bear in mind, it goes back and forth from the physical to the supernatural. From the physical king to the, to the uh, person of Satan. And as it applies to Satan. You think, well, how, did that, how does that happen? And yet, people make that kind of decision all the time. 
They make themselves God when they choose to live a life outside of Christ, a life on their own. Well, I, I just want to do this. I want to. I want to do this now. Later on, I'll go. I'll you know. I'll I'll do all that. But right now, I want to spend my time on the golf course. Or right now, I want to stay home and watch TV and, and watch the football game. Right right now, I want to. I. That's that's what got I will. That's what got Satan in trouble. It is the pursuit of the individual's interests that is the sin. The Christian doesn't have any rights. That doesn't sound too good in our popular culture. And the word slave certainly doesn't have culture, but we were bought with a price. When you're bought, you have no rights. But the good news is, that's the greatest freedom you can imagine. Because you don't have to be better than the other person. You don't have to be better looking. You don't have to run faster. You don't have to score the more, more touchdowns. You don't have to have the best job. You don't have to have the best house. There is no worse tyrant than self. With the Christian, with Jesus, Christian puts Jesus' interest first. Views everything through the prism of what's in the interest of, of Jesus. Specifically, what glorifies God. If it glorifies God, that's what I'm interested in. This project glorifies God, Lord help me do that, if it glorifies you. But there's no self involved in that. There's no I am or I will. That's where the tyranny is. That's where that's what you become a slave to is self. Jesus frees us from that. Most benevolent master imaginable. If you are subject to the invitation uh, this evening, I wish you to come forward, let your uh, needs be known, whether uh, to be buried in baptism with Christ or to to, uh, confess sin or whatever your need may be. We'd be happy to work with you on that. And Blake's going to lead a song, and I believe after that Richard Bullard will lead us in a dismissal prayer. And I'm going to remember this evening... That during the song, those that did not have uh, the opportunity to partake of communion uh, be in room 100.